0: Hey everyone, and welcome to How to Make Your Own Miniatures Game, Episode 6. As always, I'm Rick Graham, owner of White Light Media and creator of the Revelations skirmish and Field of Legends miniatures games. Say that ten times fast. You can check out my company's website and get information on our other projects by going to whitelightmedia.org. Now, in this episode, we're going to spend a bit more time on your point system. Obviously, this episode won't apply to all of you making a game, uh, especially if you're not making a war game, but some out there do need some assistance in this area of the making process. All right, so kind of as a bit of a refresher, Revelation Skirmish uses a five-point system. What does that mean? Well, all the points throughout the game are in increments of five, five, 10, 50, 55, 100, whatever. They're going to be in increments of five, uh, of five. Well, why did I do that? I wanted to keep it simple for the players. I wanted, I've played a lot of different miniatures games, all have always had partial points. Uh, Not so much partial as in like 2.3, but they'll have 2, 4, 67, 98, uh, you know, 55. And and it'll be very difficult, one, to sometimes remember all the point differences between units or upgrades or uh, other factions but it's also difficult in order to build your own list. And I wanted to, you know, when I set out to make revelation skirmish, I wanted to try a whole bunch of small ideas that I had. Uh, and, and one of those being, I want people, cause I know some people love to make lists. They just are list dreamers. They're just sitting there doing nothing or, or doing something where they can kind of just like, you know, zone out and use their brain elsewhere and they can just build a list. And in my mind of keeping things simpler, being able to do things in increments of five meant that players would have a better likelihood of remembering and being able to recall specific units that they could build a list with. Is that right? Is that better than anything else? Not necessarily. Are there drawbacks to this process? Yes and no. Um, so, for example, my main factions, which are like the Core Republic, the Union of Stars, Orca, um, the other factions that haven't been brought into the game yet that exist in the lore um, are my primary factions when you get to things like mercenaries they are a sub faction that mixes the units from other factions so for the most part you'll uh never see the primary factions able to mix forces so for example like in warhammer 40k If you're playing Space Marines, you're playing Space Marines. I know that they've mixed in some other faction systems. I haven't kind of updated myself on that, but uh, I know that like if you play Star Wars Legion, for example, you cannot mix your Imperial forces uh, with your Clone Trooper forces. You just can't mix those two. All right. So it's kind of that idea. So if you're playing Core Republic, you're playing Core Republic. When it comes to Mercenaries, they're able to mix. And I kind of got into a different way of doing their point system, uh, so that way it's sort of didn't encourage players to only play mercenaries so that they could mix forces i needed there to be some sort of penalty um, that i've done through points and through some stats so that way i i don't want any one faction being overpowered so i'm trying to be very careful of okay what are the perks of this faction so for the mercenaries they get to mix all the factions together but they may have some penalties, or they may have they may cost more, and that way it'll offset it so that a Republic player doesn't get stomped because <laughs> the mercenary took mostly Republic and then some good Union forces. All right. Uh, so with the the main factions, that was where I kind of built the majority of the process. The mercenaries are very new; they're actually, being quite honest, they're still being play tested as they're being rolled out. Uh, so those aren't really is in stone in my mind. Now, with that said. I'm still going to use the same approach that I used with Revelation Skirmish as what I'm going to apply to Field of Legends as that continues to be developed. So I'll use the same sort of, uh, of thinking. Now, to be honest, this system that I use um, doesn't use a formula. Um, and I know that by saying that, some of you are going to be freaking out. Like Rick, how can you be designing a point system with no formula, with no way of arriving at these numbers that you've associated with a cost? And just, just hold down, s- settle down. You'll, you'll see, and hopefully it'll make sense as we go through this. Um, in previous systems that I have designed, I wanted to, I wanted the point system to finally make sense. I played so many different games and I'm like, why did they, why is this unit that's so good costs so little compared to this unit that does pretty poorly and it's more expensive? I've played so many games where it just felt like the points were, I don't know, secondary to the stats. Like it just didn't make sense and you ended up with like these weird combinations um so I used to play games like MechWarrior Dark Age, you know, which is the clicky tech, which I know a lot of people are probably like rolling their eyes. But that was kind of how I got into miniature games. So that was that influenced me a lot. And in that game you could mix factions. You didn't have to stay to ma- faction specific. Then I would play a lot of HeroScape. HeroScape's another game where you could mix factions. So I was used to the concept of, oh, that's cool, let me put that in my army. Oh, that's also cool, let me put that. I don't care what faction it's from. ...who it represents. It's just, I just want to mix. So that kind of exposed me to a lot more of probably um, imbalance in games... ...because I don't know if some of those developers designed certain factions to have certain points. However, it was very clear in different games that I've played... ...that certain factions stand out is definitely the favorites. They get all of the really powerful stats. They get some of the coolest models... They're clearly getting support from the company, and I hate that. I hate pet factions. I want all factions to have their own flair and their own abilities and to stand on their own. So I try really hard in Revelation Skirmish to not have to not make it clear which faction to me is my favorite. Um, even as a creator, I, I love all the factions because they're all a part of my creativity and my imagination. Um, but, you know, at some point, there's going to be one that stands out that's like, yeah, that's like my go-to faction. But I don't want the players to be able to see that. I want them to, to pick up any of the factions and be like, wow, this feels pretty balanced across all of them. That's my intention. That's my goal. So with the other games that I played formulating kind of or helping to form my kind of general idea of mixing factions, and then it would it maybe that was partly why it threw out of whack the point systems even worse So when I started making some of my own games years and years ago, I wanted to try to remedy that. I wanted the game to feel balanced by points. Point cost was very, very, very important to me at the time. So what I would do, I wrote down all the different uh, components of my stat profile. So attack, defense, speed, uh, range, damage, all that. From the base stats of the unit, then the weapons, everything. And then I started to associate different values so that if I said, okay, this unit's going to have six speed, well, each point of speed cost, let's say one. So then six speed means it's going to at least have a six point cost. And then once you tallied up all the others, you'd have this total, hopefully. Well, what I started to realize was I don't know what's more important attack or defense speed or a save value range, or damage, right? Like I had all these ideas for the stat profile, but I didn't know how to associate them with any sort of incremental value. So then I started doing point something. So like I would do, all right, well, speed matters, but it's not always, it's not very, it's not a damaging thing. So we're gonna say that's 0.5. But attack, attack's really important. So that's gonna be 1.2, you know? And it started getting into this, fractional system and it got more complicated because again then i would start second doubting myself Is um, is is defense more important than a save value you know and and you just don't know and there was i did research i tried to find anybody who was doing game systems to be able to help me and i couldn't find anybody i couldn't find any information so i felt kind of lost and confused because i had no basis i would even try to work out i think i tried working out how different units in different games had their point cost and try to figure it out. And I just couldn't figure it out, I, I just couldn't. So then I got I got to the point where I would take whatever the total is and then I would divide it by something. So let's just say by 10. So I would end up with a unit that was like 107 and divide divided by 10 and then round, do I round up, do I round down? It, it was just crazy and it sucked because what was I already missing? I didn't focus on playtesting first. In a previous episode, I talked about how when you're playtesting, you need to test a, whatever is going to be the standard unit in that classification. So for infantry, mechs, vehicles, fighter craft, artillery, whatever different classifications you have in your game. You need to have some unit that is like the base model that all others will be based off of. Well, I didn't do that. I didn't have that idea at the time. So, I was mixing factions, or when I was designing, I would design two factions at the same time. I never tried fighting clone lists against each other, which is something I highly recommend now. So, if you design a generic infantry, have him fight another generic infantry of the same kind. So that way you can test game mechanics. I, I was jumping into like more of the heavier advanced development out of the gate. And I had no idea what I was doing. And it caused a lot of frustration, a lot of confusion, a lot of doubt, a lot of stress. And, you know, none of those systems ever panned out. Not because I didn't necessarily have the money for funding. Because sometimes I tried to create games using existing models. It just got too hard to play test it. And um, the internet wasn't what it is now. So it was harder for me to find a community, you know, to bounce ideas off of. I didn't have that. So it was all local and it was just mainly me. Uh, trying to do this with like playing playtesting with my brother. So it was just really hard. So I wouldn't recommend that. So the question is, why don't I use one of those sort of formula systems now? Well, being quite honest, uh, it's way too complicated for me. Um, I know some people could probably figure it out and their math whiz. But for me, that's not where I'm putting my emphasis you know, sure, you can associate a a point value to any other given stat in your system. But then my concern becomes, what about keywords? So you could work out like this perfect system. Okay, speeds this, defense is this, range is that, melee damage is this, strength, you know, and, and everything else. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, cool. We have finally associated value to things that have a numerical value. Perfect. Now, keywords throw that all out of whack they just wreck it because why not all keywords do some sort of damage Um, so let's say your keyword is something like armor piercing well now that directly affects maybe a save value or an armor value of the enemy all right well maybe we can try to figure out some numerical value to that okay well what about something that makes your units have a higher attack value or it affects the dice roll. What if that affects multiple uh, surrounding friendly units dice rolls? So it starts to get more complicated. Well, if it affects three, then it should be this, but maybe it usually only averages one unit in the game. So I don't want to make it have to pay for three. You know, it it gets really confusing, at least in my mind. And it gets way out of where I want to take my game and it makes things way too complicated. Way too cumbersome. You're going to spend more time diddling around adjusting these stat values, not even play testing. You're just trying to get points down and you don't even know if the mechanics work. You know, you're not even into unit creation very heavily or weapon creation or advanced rules like terrain or. Uh, other things that are going to be affecting your gameplay so there's so much to game development and when it's all you by yourself i think the point system needs to be important but it needs to take a back seat until other things are in place first um you know now maybe your game doesn't have keywords so that isn't a big concern for you but for me both of my games are loaded with them as that adds the much much needed variety between weapons and units you will find that as you're building your factions and you're building your your roster of units that if you don't have some sort of way you can have variation your stats are going to end up being pretty identical at some point to at least some other unit in a different faction because why we don't have that many numbers to play with You know, if you're going to do some sort of D100 system, yeah, you've got tons and tons of numbers to play with. Although I would argue that it starts to get to where you really don't, even though, you know, because then they're they're so far apart that statistically they end up kind of being close to it. It gets wibbly wobbly in my head. Maybe it doesn't make any sense. But um, is that something that you want to get sucked into? You know, I can't really help you specifically in terms of building a formula, at least not through a podcast. Um, but I can sort of pull the veil back a bit more into my thought process and can hopefully help you to glean something from there. So when I design models, um, I now have a much better degree of understanding of where a model should start at in Revelation Skirmish. Um, I'm not always right. Sometimes the units are way off and I get weird comments sometimes negative for my playtesters, and I got to make some fixes but I'm decently close when I first started though that wasn't the case um, as a side note uh, I, I don't think it is a good idea to begin worrying about point cost until you get at least a few games in using some of your units preferably the ones you will build the rest of the game around in their category um, just really need to stress that point because that is important and I know some of you guys are going to be very very excited and you're like no Rick heck with that I got three factions to build. I don't have time to just do play testing with faction A and just grind that out. I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference. It really, really is. You need to do a controlled test. If you start mixing factions, you don't know which game mechanics may be broken, what stats are broken, because you're, you're jumping ahead too quickly. You need to control it in the beginning so we can find out where the failure is tweak and fix that then add in more variation so that way you know okay we've locked down this unit for the most part we know that this unit with the current game engine isn't broke and then you bring something in and then you're like okay it's either really good really bad and then you can you can make some more adjustments but you can kind of have a better educated guess of what happened now if you're going to be somebody who's going to grind out 100 play testing games in between minor tweaks and changes have at it that's not me we do plenty of play testing not as much as i'd necessarily like because i just don't have the money or the resources or the connections to do it um i would much rather get i would love to get to the point of that but um all that to say you're gonna have to just kind (laughs) of move forward at some point um since I didn't really need to worry about upgrades, um, player, you know, like in the instance where players could purchase upgrades with build points, like in Warhammer 40k or Star Wars Legion, I knew that I could start my generic infantry models as an example at five points so that they would be the lowest cost unit in the game. This also helped in designing their stats because I knew that for any of the primary factions, which again was only the Republic and the Union at first, I did this process specifically with the Republic first, but my thought process was extending to the future with the Union. I knew that for any of the primary factions, the you know that would be the cheapest unit that could be chosen. So designing their stats could fall in line a little bit easier. So when I first did my initial playtesting... All I did I took two because I, I focused on the core Republic. So I took the Marines, that's the gener- you know the common infantry type. Um, I took uh, a unit for both. and I had them just stand there and just shoot at each other, just activate, take shots. They didn't do anything else but shoot. And then I was able to kind of figure out the critical hit, the attacking, the defending, the saving. So it kind of helped me to figure out in you know just general attack roles. And, and what is, the, you know, because I didn't really have a good idea of what's the likelihood of seeing um, a 10, because I use a D10 system, a 10 is a critical hit for most units. And at the time, a 10 was always a critical hit. Well, that 10 would do an additional damage. That was how I did my critical system was if you rolled a 10, um, the defender could still save it and prevent it. But if they failed, that 10 counted as an additional damage to however much damage that dice was supposed to do. And you wouldn't believe the difference that that made when rolling because when you're rolling six dice, there's a good chance you're going to get a 10. And there was a number of times where I was getting two tens, and I would just like wham, wham, wham. And you're just destroying units because that additional damage across six dice is a potential for six extra damage from a unit that only does one damage per dice. So, you know, I don't want to make this two numbers crazy. I know it's going to get a little bit thicker here with my notes, but. Um, if you need to pause this and kind of re-listen to certain parts of it, it'll probably be helpful. Um, I just I don't know any way to talk about a point system without getting into numbers, so we'll kind of just grin and bear through it a little bit. Um, once I had some of the results from some of my initial playtesting, I was able to begin to figure out some things. I started the design process, like I said, with a marine, and then I moved up to a Mars main battle tank because the Mars... Tank was going to be the base model for all future vehicles, and then I also used a Sierra War Mech because that was going to be the mech that all other mechs were based off of. Even if it had weaker stats or stronger stats or faster or whatever, it didn't matter. Those were the three units: the Marine, the Mars, and the Sierra. Those were going to be the base, kind of middle of the road models that everything else was going to uh, branch off from. As I thought over the results of the early testing and I can't tell you how many games that this commentary is kind of covering. It was quite a few of of testing. Um, I was able to start to figure out how many Marines, for example, it would roughly take to destroy a Mars, and how much damage, for example, a Mars could do to a Sierra. So this helped me, you know, should a tank cost as much as a mech? That was a consideration for a while, because in, in Revelation Skirmish, it was very, very important to me that, unlike most mech games that I had played infantry were are going to be deadly infantry will be able to destroy mechs tanks will be able to destroy mechs obviously and mechs but then mechs are going to be really devastating and they're going to be able to have some cool things so in my game i wanted to make um each of the unit classifications infantry vehicles and war mechs to feel different um, so that there was sort of a perk for choosing one over the other other than point cost so for example infantry When you activate a unit of infantry, typically, at least right now, all infantry have multiple models within their unit. So for example, if you um, play a a Republic Marine, you're going to get two bases, two models of infantry that are part of that same unit. So when you activate your Marines, you'll actually get to make two activations in the same turn because they're part of the same unit. So you'll take, let's say, the first model, you move it, you shoot, whatever you want to do. Maybe shoot a second time, use attack laser, whatever. Um, and then once that one's finished, you get to go with the second one that's part of that unit. Now, as they get killed off, obviously you have less models in your unit, but some of like, for example, the Power Armor has three models, three separate based models that are part of their unit. So that made infantry more dynamic because you couldn't just walk up and destroy one model and you're like, haha, that unit's dead. No, there's actually several. So that may means that... For example, um, when the infantry activate, if you're a tank or a mech, you might be getting shot by two or three different models, all focusing on your one unit. So you needed to pay attention to infantry. Uh, vehicles. Vehicles have a special ability where the first time, because they get typically they're going to get two actions. They have two focus points that they can spend through their turn. So they're going to get two actions, typically. So... The first time that they shoot a weapon in that round, they're able to fire all weapons for one focus. So if your tank has four weapons on it, you can fire all four, even at different targets for one focus point. Typically, when you're attacking, one weapon is one focus point because it's one attack. So that made vehicles more dynamic. They had all, they could fire all those weapons. Why? Because they have multiple... Uh, typically, they're going to have multiple member crew. So they're able to kind of um, spread out and kind of target different things and do different actions because they got multiple people within inside the vehicle. Now, Warmex warmex are supposed to be kind of the heroes of the battlefield. They typically have uh, double at least the focus points of most vehicles. Uh, and they are more agile they're very fast um in revelations the mechs are kind of a cross between titanfall titans and BattleTech mechs so they have a lot of firepower but they have more agility Uh, and so i wanted that to feel like that in the game so they're usually faster they have more focus points but when they spend their focus points like for example to attack in most situations each attack costs one focus so yeah they got more focus points but A tank might be able to fire way more weapons throughout a round. Now most vehicles aren't going to be armed with four anti-mech weapons. They're usually like a primary weapon, two machine guns and maybe like a smoke grenade launcher or missiles or something else. So they have some diversity in weaponry. Um, Side note Vehicles and mechs typically have at least one anti-infantry weapon. So there's usually something to be able to fight against infantry. But that was my general idea, was that each class was going to feel different. So the stats also are are, are more varied. Um, but there you go. Um, as a kind of like side note to my, my thought process, because that mattered. Like, it, Should a tank cost as much as a mech? And I actually have several vehicles that are in Revelations that cost as much as like a Sierra, for example. And it's like I said, the Sierra is the base mech, but it's still pretty deadly. Once I kind of started to figure out a little bit more of what I wanted, um, and that wasn't even really accomplished until I did more playtesting, then I was able to see, okay, do I like Marines just destroying Mars? Um, Do I like Mars being um, super lethal? To the Sierras. Do I like how fast the Sierra is able to destroy the Marines? I needed play testing to kind of figure that out. And as I um, was doing more and more testing. I was also able to start kind of playing with point system. Um, Like I said, I kind of just associated the Marines to be at five points. Um, The Mars, I believe, originally started around 20 And the Sierra has pretty much been 40, maybe it was 50. It may have been 40 from the beginning, and that's actually where it still is now. Um, But I was able to kind of play with things and kind of see how things worked. And this is still an early early development, so certain mechanics have changed, like my critical hit system. Um, Other things have also altered, like adding more keywords to different units to help them have buffs, uh, so that they're a little bit better, but... Not broken. And, and keywords is a big thing. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Um, but what I was able to do now that I started to have some semblance of a point system, and actually, and it was still in the early development, like I didn't really have a locked in point system. I wanted to start testing like, okay, now that we've done clone lists against each other for a while, let's start to mix in and see what happens if I take, let's say, two Mars and two Marines and fight two Sierras. So now you're taking four units, which is actually six models because each of those Marines brings an additional model. So that's six models versus two mechs. Let's see how that goes. So I would try these different types of combinations to see what if I took only mechs and fought only vehicles worth the same number of points, or if I took only infantry and they fought one mech worth the same points, just to see what would happen. And it just added more and more and more clarity which is what you can only get through playtesting. And I was able to make adjustments. I was able to tweak stats. and, like, okay, I don't like this. This is too much or it's not doing enough, but I don't want to really change the value of like, say, for damage because I knew, all right, while Marines can damage mechs, I felt that their laser repeaters should only do one damage. So I knew that, you know, But at the same time, mechs were just getting torn up, so I added keyword um, thick armor, which takes, normally a Sierra save is four, but when a war mech that has thick armor as the keyword is hit by an infantry weapon, they get a uh, minus three save, which actually makes it a three, because in my system... Um, save the higher dice you roll when it's save is always a positive. That was another mechanic that I went with. Some people don't really understand why I did that. I wanted all dice rolls in Revelation Skirmish, the highest number rolled or rollable. Like if it's a D ten, it's a 10, D6, it's a six. I wanted that to always be a positive thing. So no matter what, a high roll so my pilot saves are on a plus system. Defense on a plus system. Saves on a plus system. So that way Whenever you are attacked or you need to make a saving throw of any kind, the highest number you could roll on that dice is always a positive. I always want it to be a good feeling rather than you flop it or flip it like I had done before where certain things where the highest number rolled is great, but then on others, the lower number rolled is better. And I wanted it to be like every time a player sees a 10 or a 6 on those types of dice, they're excited. That was a small thing. Some people don't really understand why I did the save system because in their mind, a reduction in save value really should be a negative result, but it's actually a positive. It makes sense in the game. It may not make sense right now as I'm explaining it. If you play the game, please do. Uh, it <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's an enjoyable mechanic, I think. I think it makes sense in our um, setting, um, but I understand why some people might not... Get it. Um, now, I want you to understand that you will do a lot, a, a lot, can't stress that word enough, of tweaking through all of this. But do not, not get stuck on making the perfect point system. You're not going to do it. You need it to be good enough to move forward, but still giving yourself permission to make adjustments as needed, nothing you're doing is locked in stone. Unless you're ready to go, maybe you're going to uh, pu- publish a codex or something similar with, you know, published stats, or you're going to go and purchase unit cards that are going to need to have those finalized numbers typed in there. Unless you're doing that, you, you need to not stress being perfect and actually even you making those decisions of what's going to be locked in on your stats maybe forever needs to be months down the line because you need time to be able to tweak and develop this and remember at least in my mind if you're following all these episodes you are not at the process not at the part in the process yet of developing advanced rules so we're still doing core mechanics some of this stuff will start to go, at least in my mind, a little bit faster as you get this stuff down. But if you don't get this here right, if you don't get at least a good grasp on your point system, your base models that everything is designed off of, your attack mechanics, your defense mechanics, nothing else is going to matter because your game is going to suck. So you need to get the. You need to really. I, I. I don't know if I can stress enough. You need to do this. Okay. Um, you will finally get to. A place where you are super happy even if it ends up changing but you'll be happy at least in the moment and, and then you're going to realize that some new weapon on a new unit just throws things out of whack that's okay develop and make changes as needed this is why i chose to make revelation skirmish a living game my stats are available for free On my list building website, revelationsboard.com. you can go build an account and just play around and just check things out. But I wanted to invest in that website because it allowed me to be able to make live changes to stats. So if I released a model and I started hearing from a bunch of players, even though I've done play testing, I could end up finding out, Rick, man, you made this new thing. And it's just wrecking. Like, every time I fight it, it's just killing everything I got. Like, it's just throwing the game out of whack. Well, then I can reanalyze it and be like, you know what? Maybe we got it wrong. Maybe our play testers just didn't look at it from this perspective. So let's tweak it with either reduction in a stat value or an increase in points. And I can update it, and it's live now for everyone who goes and prints a new list. If I were to do unit stat cards... I'm kind of married to that number until I print new unit stat cards and then I need all those players to somehow get a hold of it. Whether they're purchasing upgrade packs or um, I make them just buy the individual card or make them memorize the changes and that gets so frustrating. So that's why I chose the way that I have. Um, Now, let's switch gears here to something else that might be helpful. How do you pick the best weapon to start your design process? I don't know if you can, honestly. Um, In my recommendation, I would try to pick whatever common weapon that would be for that category of units. So for me, going with the Marines, just kind of a a, a laser handheld rifle was going to be their kind of go-to thing. Um, The Mars. I wanted the Mars to have some anti-infantry weapons, so it has two machine guns. Um, It also has a missile launcher. And then we ended up adding a smoke grenade launcher, but in the beginning we didn't have smoke as a mechanic. Um, And then it has the main cannon. Now, that main cannon happens to be stronger than the main cannon that the Sierra has. And I did that on purpose because it has to do with the lore. That, by and large, the Macs don't always carry the largest weapon. The tanks do. Well, why? Because tanks are pretty badass at doing their job. They can move heavy weapons. They have a nice, stable uh, weapons platform to shoot from. And, and I'm not super science-y guy, but I know at least enough that when cannon goes boom, there's some recoil. And, you know, a lot of these mech designs that you see out there, they don't account for recoil of any kind. And that they're just going to fall over or their arm's going to break. So I, So, when I designed the Sierra, I purposely tried to design it so that there was a consideration that it was carrying a strong cannon. Strong ballistic cannon. But it wasn't even still as strong as what the typical Mars would have. So by doing that, I, the Mars does an additional damage compared to the Sierra. It's not dramatic, but it is game changing. Cause if you get hit by, you know, a seven point damage weapon or a six point damage weapon versus a five, that extra point can add up and be at the wrong time <laughs> for you when you're getting hit. Now, How did I kind of decide what weapons these units should have? Well, it was kind of based on the lore uh, for the faction. Additionally, well, how did you decide what the health points would be? Well, I kind of built the health points around what the weapons would do and vice versa. So I tried to design, for example, the Sierra so that the Sierra, that its arms, because I have arms as hit locations, that the arms could survive one Mars blast from a main cannon i didn't want it to lose its arm from one shot so i think the stats started at like eight health in the arm or something like that so that the cannon would do six so the arm would still be there and then it could take a little bit of the machine gun fire and then it would the arm would get destroyed uh, likewise the torso could survive two hits Maybe it could take two cannon hits at first. We've increased it since some of it's a little bit of a blur in my mind. But what I'm saying is I wanted it to be in such a way that if I didn't want an arm or something else to just get destroyed immediately by a weapon, I kind of base that weapon around what I damn it, what the result I wanted to happen. I wanted when a Sierra player, when a player controlling a Sierra model got hit by a Mars, that they're like ouch, I don't like that. Don't do that again to me, please. But at the same time, it didn't just destroy their machine because I wanted heavier weapons like rail guns to be way more impactful. And for that threat of like, bam, you got hit by a rail gun. That arm's gone. So I wanted that feeling. And you just kind of just play with that. That takes some tweaking. But that was sort of my process was, okay, we're building base weapons from those base weapons. That also affects the general hit points and vice versa. We kind of design those around each other. Now, what if your lowest unit for one faction gets blasted in every game by the other side? So let's say you're further along in the process. You've gotten to the point where you're like, okay, my clone lists are doing good. Now I'm going to bring in some um, units from a, a new faction, but maybe they're just getting blasted. So what you're finding is, okay, I've... Let's say in your example, you have a five-point infantry unit for your faction A. You're going to now have a five-point infantry unit for faction B, but faction A is just destroying B or, or the opposite. I would argue that before you look at changing the point values, first look at the stats. And then from there, if they're pretty comparable, maybe you could introduce a new keyword that would make things more even. Now, it's a little bit of a more in-detail example. You may have to focus a little bit on what I'm about to tell you because I'm going to try to go over some some nitty-gritty stuff of Revelations, but maybe this will help you in this kind of scenario. Now, my Marine infantry have a rate of fire of 5. What that means is that when you're performing an attack with Marines, you're going to roll 5 dice. All right? My riflemen, which is for the... Union of Stars, that is the most common infantry for that faction, um, has a rate of fire of six. All right, so right out of the gate, the Marines have one less rate of fire, so they're throwing one less dice. Both do the same amount of damage, all right? Um, To make them more balanced, the Marines carry a shield, uh, it's like a... Kind of like a riot shield, but a little bit different, but kind of that same concept. Which increases their save value when attacked by other infantry. Likewise, the riflemen have a keyword. Actually, it's not a keyword, it's just the way that their weapon works. That allows them to get a critical hit on a 9 and a 10. So normally it's a 10, they also get a 9. But, then the marines do plus one damage for each successful dice that hit infantry models when they're within eight inches so as you can see and you don't necessarily need to understand how it all works together but as i'm describing while both of these infantry cost five points and at the end of the day unless you're within eight inches they both do one damage to other infantry models per dice Uh, except now the riflemen throw six dice while the marines throw five, the difference is in the keywords or in how their weapons perform. Um, And I use that method to allow them both to feel different, but they're the same points. Now, how do you balance points between factions? Each faction, in my opinion, should feel distinct. You At least in the way that I want to design things, I want when someone plays the Republic to have a little bit of a different assortment of weapons and, and kind of like maybe their their go-to strategy uh, versus the Union of Stars or now Orcas being introduced and Mercenaries even. I want them all to feel different. I want you to feel like you're getting a different experience. Yes, the game involves a lot of big stompy robots and tanks and stuff blowing each other up, but at the end of the day, I want them to sort of feel a little bit more of their own. What I don't want is, Is there to be an exact, for example, even trade-off of, let's say, this type of tank model can do 6 damage in an attack. So now, Faction B needs to have a unit that does the same damage that costs the same points. Well, what have you done there? You've just cloned your forces. You don't want that. You're going to make adjustments as you play test, and it will help you to get a better and better feel of how things should cost. What you need... Are more games under your belt so you have actual data and actual information to make changes with additionally i would recommend you have one or two other players you can play test with so you can get some kind of feedback um, on new units new stats new adjustments to core mechanics stuff like that um, and in an, in a future episode i'm going to talk about how to handle play testing a bit more because um, it needs to be its own conversation But for now, this should really help you get on your way a little bit more. So to kind of wrap this up, um, if you want to do something where you're doing like, you know, say your units have way more diversity in points than a five point system. Obviously, you're more than welcome to do that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say that my system is correct. Sometimes the way that I arrive at a point total is sort of based off of just kind of how I feel about it. Um, (laughs) I know that may be kind of devastating to hear or just confusing, but I have more experience now. So when I design a new unit, I'm pretty close of how much I feel it should be. One other thing that I try to do when I'm designing a unit is I always try to give it some sort of flaw. Um, I, nothing can be good at everything. And if it is, it needs to be very expensive. So that way, um, I try in my point system, like so. For example, another way to sort of uh, force different decisions is: what is the total points going to be for your list, or for a player can build a list? Um, is it a hundred points? Is it three hundred? Is it a thousand? there's not really any right answer it kind of just depends and it depends also on how many how much the average points or how much the average unit cost and points so for revelation skirmish we originally started at i think it was somewhere maybe around 250 we then maybe it was 300 and we stayed at 300 for a while and then 300 wasn't working anymore it wasn't allowing like we felt that the units were good the stats were getting more and more locked in. The points were making sense, but 300 just didn't give us enough room to kind of have more diverse lists. So then I bumped it to 350. So now with 350, we're able to make it work. But for you, if you you know if you have units that cost two points, maybe 100 points or 150 points would be plenty fine, you know? Um, it just kind of completely depends. But that also kind of helps factor your your decision making. So if you're going to have a bunch of units that cost 80, 100, 130, you know, points, obviously, you're not going to say, okay, well, the, the total for most standard list is going to be 250. Well, if you have units, the average units like 120, you take two of those, you basically filled up the whole thing. So that will help you kind of decide that too. So and, and don't feel restricted by that either. You can make adjustments as you need to um, it, it, and you'll be fine. Um, it just takes some playing with. And, and it sucks because I wish there was just a way to be like, look, here's the formula, sit down, figure this out. And it doesn't really work that way because you're going to have different values. You're going to have, or, you know, values for your units. You're going to have different uh, point structure. You're going to have a different damage structure. And, and those things alter what your points should be at the end of the day. I don't really know how many of these bigger companies actually design their units based on some sort of formula. (laughs) Honestly, some of them might just pull the number out of the air. And I guess in a way you could say that's sort of what I'm doing, but I'm also not because I'm trying to base those points off of, off of other things. So if I want a unit to be a little more deadly, It's probably going to cost more. It's going to have some certain perks, like maybe some stronger keywords or some stronger weapons. But then I'll restrict those stronger weapons by ammo. So it's like, yeah, this guy's devastating, but he only gets two shots in the whole game with that weapon. He'll have other weapons, so he can still do other things. But that really big, scary thing he can do, he can only do it two or three times. And that causes there to be a flaw so that, you know, it's useful, but it's not godlike, if that makes sense. Like you, you want to be careful of that as well. Um, This is probably one of the more sought after conversations type of episodes, but it's also one of the more difficult ones Um, because it's easy for me to tell you how I do things. um, But it's difficult for you because you're like, well, Rick, my system's way different than yours. So how do I do it? So I hope this has helped in some ways. Um, If we need to do an additional episode on this at some point I'm fine with that to get a little bit more deep I'm not really sure how much deeper I can get on my system because as I have revealed to you um, it's kind of made up so (laughs) I kind of just do what I it's kind of like a I don't want to say necessarily intuition or a gut feeling but it kind of is and I it just helps me to get like a good starting point and then we just kind of build from there and just keep testing until we start to feel it I originally thought, um, as one last example before I leave, I don't know how many times I've said example through this whole thing, but it's it's been more than I meant to. The Sierra, like I said, was the base mech that all mechs would be in, built off of. Well, the Goblin is the standard war mech lore-wise for the Union of Stars, so the second faction. So I thought that based off of the way that the Goblin was going to perform in my head, That I thought it should cost 50 points while the Sierra is 40. And as we did more and more play testing, I started to realize I'm like, man, you know, the Goblin has damage potential, but I don't know if it's enough to warrant the 10 point increase. So as we played more and more and more games, I finally was like, you know, like, let's test it being cheaper. And we brought it down, I think, to 45. And we were testing and stuff, and I'm like, still, it still doesn't feel right. And then we tried it at 40, and that's actually where we are now. So even though the Sierra does more damage with less dice than the Goblin, the Goblin has more dice and it has less damage but more dice. So they kind of add up to similar totals. Um, I really feel that they actually end up costing the same in our point system, and I've been thrilled with it. Um, sometimes a Sierra. Just lands a couple of lucky hits with its cannon and just wrecks stuff. And other times, the goblin just peppers things to death because it, you know it just can c- kind of have consistent damage. And I just feel like they're both a good trade-off. So even though they have different ways of doing damage, and even different weapon types, they're very comparable to one another. And making them the same points made me feel a lot better and made me feel like they actually like it made the goblin. I probably had the goblin too high in my mind for damage potential and when we brought it down it feels right um yeah i mean that's just kind of what has helped me and and i couldn't do that without perspective of testing and kind of talking to some of my play testers and, and just being willing to try it and be wrong and sometimes you try it and you're right i like mean, you're right on the money and that way you can make a better adjustment call uh, so anyway i don't want this to get into the hour land i want to try to cut it here so thank you guys very much for listening um for those of you who can contact me and give comments and feedback i appreciate it on these episodes um i hope that this episode has helped to kind of get this process going for you you will have to make some adjustments that are based off of your game and your system Uh, but again please (laughs) stressing do the clone fights first of whatever your base models are do that first And that will help you to kind of get in the right direction and um, hopefully help you out more. All right, guys. Thank you again very much. I'll talk to you guys again soon.